everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. Um, today, you get Brittany and I together, and I love it because we are putting our minds together to talk about something near and dear to our hearts, mindset. We talk a lot about um, a lot of aspects of doing hygiene well, and we know there's a lot of directions we can go and a lot of things to focus on. But without a solid foundation of knowing our why, having a vision, practicing with intention and having a positive mindset, we will find ourselves disillusioned, disappointed, and burned out quickly. So today's podcast is entitled Mindset Matters, and we want to do a deep dive into different mindsets we can embrace and how to make shifts from negative to positive mindsets that will help us toward our goal of being highly functional, healthy, successful, and fulfilled hygienists. And honestly, really people in general, because mindset permeates every area of our lives. And we can apply these concepts in all the environments we find ourselves in. So to kick this topic off, let's define mindset. Our mindset is a mental attitude or disposition that predetermines a person's responses to and interpretations of situations. It can also be defined as an inclination or a habit. Our mindsets can range between positive and negative. We learn from the environment around us, the influences on us, and our personal experiences. And that being said, our mindsets are as individualistic as our fingerprints. But unlike our fingerprints, we do have the capability and capacity to shift and change them when they don't serve us well or we want to go in a different direction. The ability to change them brings us to our first type of mindset the range of fixed versus growth. And before we dive into these different types of mindsets, I think it's really important to address that we're all on a journey. There is a big range between these mindsets and it's gonna look different for each of us and we'll all be in different stages of growth. So, you know, and I wanna say that we're never gonna be at the far end of one pendulum versus the other. I think there's just always room um, for shifting. So I want to just make that point as you kind of listen to the differences of these, you're not going to find yourself, you know, hundred percent on one end, there's a range. So just know that. Brittany's going to kick us off with versus growth mindset. Yes. And these are probably the most commonly known to the public, to everyone, just generally because of Carol Dweck's book, uh, Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. But, um, and it's something that Sharice and I talk about in our our Bulletproof Summit presentation, a lot of our masterminds, we talk about it on our Mighty Networks. Um, it really encompasses a lot of whether or not we are willing to take risks to grow and learn. So I'm going to dive right in here to 
mindset? How can we cultivate growth mindset? What does a fixed mindset look like? Like Sharisa said, you know, we're all on a spectrum of, you know, in certain areas of our lives, you may be more growth oriented and in certain areas of our lives, you may be more fixed. And there's a lot of reasons why that could be. So it's not about kind of looking at something and saying, is it right or is it wrong? It's about gaining and building awareness that we can continue to develop and evolve as people and professionals. So first things first, what is a growth mindset? And you may have heard about a growth mindset in discussions of popular psychology um, and social trends. So from TED Talks, you know, books, quizzes, seminars, there's an increasing amount of discussion about this idea. But you may also be wondering, what exactly is growth mindset and can it actually help you succeed? A growth mindset means that you thrive on challenge and you don't see failure as a way to describe yourself, but as a springboard for growth and developing your abilities. Your intelligence and talents are all susceptible to growth. And as I mentioned before, you know, Dr. Carol Dweck of Stanford University first talked about the power of mindset nearly 30 years ago. Carol Dweck and her team became interested in the attitude of students when it comes to failure. After studying the behavior of students and children, the term growth mindset came about. And simply put, this mindset means that if you believe in your ability to become better through hard work and help from others. Dweck says this growth mindset is based on the belief that your basic qualities are things that you can cultivate through your efforts. Although people may differ in every which way in their initial talents and aptitudes, interests, or temperaments, everyone can change and grow through application and experience, which gives everyone a lot of hope. So eight ways to develop a growth mindset. So the first way is listen to the mindset voice inside of you. Internal dialogue like, what if you fail? or if you don't try, nobody will see you fail, means that you have a fixed mindset voice inside. It's important to listen to your internal mindset voice so that you can truly discover what type of mindset you have. This is the first real step to successfully changing your mindset if that's what you want to do. So the second thing is, is recognize that you have a choice. You understand the mindset voice inside of you is telling you not to try to protect yourself from failure. Now the choice is up to you. Will you listen to the voice? The third thing is talk back with a growth mindset voice. So instead of falling for the fixed mindset voice, talk back to your internal dialogue with a new mindset. Say things like, I'm not sure I can do it, but it will be worth a try. Or if I don't try at all, it is a failure. There's no dignity in that. This new voice will help you drown out the fixed mindset voice that is crowding your thoughts and ambition. Number four is practice. So put yourself in situations that are challenging to help you practice your new voice. School, for instance, is a great place for you to start to practice a a mindset of growth. With new challenges around every corner, there's many opportunities to thrive from setbacks and trials. The fifth thing is to find outside help. Cultivating a growth mindset isn't something that can be done alone, really. You'll need outside help to offer encouragement and advice. So as you listen to others with a positive mindset about your situations, you'll start to say those things to yourself as well. So sometimes if I have, um, you know, a, a thought, a fixed mindset thought, and I share it with Sharisa, she can perhaps share with me what would work for her or what has worked for her in the past to overcome a similar thought or mindset. So number six is stop seeking approval of others. While you need outside help, you also need to stop worrying about the approval of others. Comparing yourself to others, focusing on how you look to others, and hiding failures are all hindering you from developing a growth mindset and finding success. Keep focusing on yourself and how you can grow and stop worrying if others are looking at your progress. Chances are nobody is. Number seven is replace the word failing with learning. 
As you come to recognize that failing is just a new way of learning, you'll stop being so afraid of it. By embracing failure as an opportunity to cultivate, to continue learning and growing, you'll be, you'll be on your way to understanding what a growth mindset is really all about. And number eight is take growth mindset action. You need to follow through on the actions your new mindset voice tells you to take on. Sometimes you may not succeed, but that's okay. As you practice talking to yourself with a growth mindset and follow through on the actions, you'll cultivate the mindset of growth that you desire over time. So a growth versus fixed mindset. If, if, if everything has an opposite, a fixed mindset is the opposite of a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset is the basic belief that you can't change your talents, traits, and basic abilities. In other words, you have certain innate abilities that you're born with, and that's it. A mindset that's fixed assumes that your character, intelligence, and creativity are unchanging, and nothing you can do will impact them. Achievement for a fixed mindset is the belief that it just confirms your inclination toward a trait or your intelligence. No effort or hard work will impact your achievements if you have a fixed mindset. This means every situation is a way to prove yourself, to prove that your given abilities are enough to bring success. This means that there's now reason, there's there's no reason to try new things because you won't have any growth. New skills that you don't believe will come easily to you are out of the question. Failing at them will mean that you're unintelligent and a failure as a person if you have fixed mindset. Dweck says that having a mindset that is fixed can be unhealthy and won't benefit individuals. And this is a quote by Carol Dweck. Um, I've seen so many people with this one consuming goal of proving themselves in a learning setting in their careers and in their relationships. Every situation calls for a confirmation of their intelligence, personality, or character. Every situation is evaluated. Will I succeed or fail? Will I look smart or dumb? Will I be accepted or rejected? Will I feel like a winner or a loser? New research indicates that our brains are malleable and someone with a mindset that's fixed can change to a different mindset. They found that those that do change to a growth mindset are more motivated and successful. So the last part of this is how a growth mindset will help you succeed. It's true that most cases or that that almost everyone has certain talents or areas where they really excel. Some really find that math comes easily for them. Others are instinctively creative. Some can memorize facts with ease and others excel at writing. No matter what you, your natural talents are, your strengths and weaknesses alike can be improved with a growth mindset. And students or individuals that come into their life with the attitude of, I'm not good at this, rarely success. The people who accomplish the most display determination and discipline not just natural talent. Individuals and companies that foster growth mindset are able to tackle complications, overcome obstacles, and work harder to find success. They don't give up easily and understand that setbacks don't indicate that they are not good enough. Yeah, I think in hygiene, this is something we have to be really mindful of because we know that hygiene is constantly changing. You know, it's an exciting part of our career where you know, new technologies are coming about and new research is coming forward. So, you know, we've got to be able to evaluate where we are in the spectrum. And if we do find ourselves more in that fixed mindset and we're taking a step back and saying, hey, you know, what is what is the mantra playing through my head that's keeping me from being my best for my patients and being my best for our team? So I love that fixed versus growth. That's a big, big deal in life everywhere. And I want to cover a different aspect of mindset, and this is closed versus open. So I think it's fair to say that we've all likely been around someone who is very closed-minded, 
And I also think we'd agree that it's kind of the negative end of the pendulum. Close-minded people tend to reject new ideas and perspectives. They think they are always right. They're focused on being understood and they block out others' opinions. On the flip side, open-minded people tend to welcome new ideas or perspectives. They know they can be wrong and likely are often wrong, um, are focused on understanding others. They enjoy listening and see things on a spectrum. Having an open mindset is to be interested in learning and finding out areas for improvement. This desire for self-improvement allows one to overlook criticism and correction. Instead of taking it to heart, individuals with an open mindset use it as motivation to be a better version of themselves. On the flip side, someone with a closed mindset is adamant that he or she is correct. They take offense at any resistance toward their ideas. The dichotomy has great influence on how well one does in life, as studies have shown that people with an open mindset tend to be more successful. A person with an open mindset will ask others for their input and opinions. This is because they buy into the theory that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. To them, pooling ideas as a team will be more beneficial than just coming up with their own. However, someone with a closed mindset is likely to make a statement when making a proposal. They do not consider the thoughts and opinions of others, but are convinced that their way is the best way. Hence, they do not open the floor for questions and will simply put their foot down on their proposal. People who have an open mindset are unlikely to get angered if their ideas are not accepted. Instead, they are curious as to why their ideas were rejected and seek for areas to improve upon. Those with a closed mindset cannot accept their ideas being shot down. Their first instinct would be to get defensive and justify their ideas. This mentality will prevent them from improving the idea and by extension themselves as a person. It could also result breaking down of working relationships because of their aggressive response toward correction. Closed-mindedness is typically born out of arrogance. It prevents one from improving as a person and makes them very hard to work with. On the contrary, someone who is open-minded is akin to a sponge, just drawing from others and improving themselves in the process. However, it should also be noted that there ought to be wisdom in taking in the opinions and ideas of others. Not all alternative ideas are good, so being discerning is very important as well. This is one of those that can resonate with us, um, again, in the hygiene world, because we are constantly barraged with other people's opinions and thoughts and ideas, and I think it's uh, pointing to ask ourselves, you know, how do I respond to that? You know, if a fellow colleague is not something I did or the way I said something or, you know, a patient is questioning why I did that or why I said that, you know, instead of being immediately defensive of just kind of, you know, asking some questions back and, and digging into why, why did I do it that way? And maybe it was the right way, but maybe there's a better way. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of barriers that come in communication when we think about this mindset, this frame of mindset. Yeah, I agree. I mean, all of this is great insight because I think all of it kind of helps us to determine, are we seeing through that me filter to the me filter that we talk about all the time? It's like, okay, is this, is this about me? Is this, is it a personal attack or is it just really an effort for this person to communicate how my performance could be, could potentially be better for patients, be better for myself? Like, is it, 
Is it trying to get to the end result of being more effective as a dental hygienist and as a person and as a communicator, or is it really an attack to me? So I think that's an important awareness to have when we're talking about our mindsets. Yeah. And I think what a better segue than talking about the meat filter than for you to share with us about inward versus outward mindsets. Yeah. So inward versus outward mindsets. Um, actually this, this, I had never heard these terms before we, before you came up with the idea to make this podcast actually, and I started researching it, but it's very interesting and definitely applies. So, you know, think about the last time you met someone new. Did you see them as someone similar to yourself or did you see them as someone unlike yourself whom you could get to know? The answers are often based on your mindset. So your mindset is the lens through which you see others, obviously. It develops from our experiences in life and it's the foundation for what we do, how we do it and how we see others. Dr. Terry C. Warner found that there are two distinct mindsets from which people and organizations operate. These are inward and outward, which we're going to talk about right now. Inward mindset. So we begin life with an inward mindset. We see this as like us. We are unable to differentiate our beliefs, goals, and needs from those of others. We see others as objects to help us meet our needs and desires. If they cannot help us, they have no value to us. So that makes sense as a baby or a child getting our needs met. And conversely, outward mindset. So as we grow and mature, we have the ability to develop an outward mindset. We are able to see others as individuals rather than objects. Other people matter, and we consider their needs, desires, shortcomings, and strengths along with our own. We learn to be in relationships with others for the mutual benefit of all and not solely for our own gain. What's your mindset when you work in a group? An outward mindset is when you are highly aware of your group's goals and how your actions will affect them. An inward mindset is when you are highly focused on your personal goals with a low concern with the needs of your group members. So here are some outward mindset examples. I see others as as individuals who have their own needs, challenges, and goals. I achieve my personal responsibilities in a way that supports the other members of my group to achieve their responsibilities. I willingly share information and resources with others. I check my group's consensus before doing something that will affect them. I like collaborating. When others disagree with me, I carefully consider their suggestions. Here are some inward mindset examples. The first one is, I see other people as vehicles to achieve my own goals, obstacles that are in my way, and irrelevancies that I can ignore. I achieve my personal goals without considering how they will impact others. I'm worried about what other people think of me. I forgot to check in with the people I am working with. I'm inclined to blame others for my failures or frustrations with my group. So mindset and the daily life. The the preliminary results of an ongoing study conducted by researchers from Georgetown and Cornell universities show that having an outward mindset improves employee performance and attitudes and positively impacts organizational culture and employee engagement. This is true for individuals as well, just in life in general. An inward mindset where you're focusing on only yourself your needs and your goals will impede your success and sabotage your relationships. An inward mindset will blind you to others, who they are, what they need, and how you can work together to grow and create. It creates conflict and pain. With an outward mindset, you value others, you care about their well-being, it leads you to want to be helpful and to work together for the good of all. An outward mindset will lead you to live your life, do your job, and relate to others in ways that demonstrate you care about the collective good. We design our lives and working style to make life more productive and easier for ourselves and others. In helping others, we shall help ourselves for whatever good we give, 
we give out completes the circle and comes back to us, which is a quote by Flora Edwards. So Tony is a top executive in his company. And for years, he struggled with how to handle employees who were underperforming and making serious mistakes. He questioned his evaluations and wondered if he was looking at the situation through a narrow lens. After being introduced to an outward mindset, he looked at the situation through the lens of the employee. This perspective allowed him to detach from his preconceived ideas and become more aware of the facts of the situation. Tony began to find more creative ways to deal with problem employees. In some instances, it helped him to realize that the employee was not a good match for his company. Another example is Tamara and her partner had the same fight over and over again. Tamara believed that her partner didn't find what she wanted and needed to be important. She began to look at the situation from the viewpoint of her partner. What she realized is that her partner was working to change and had made some small changes. She also realized that her partner had a different standards than she did. Tamara was able to begin a conversation about their differences and together they created a solution that they could both live with. When you are focused only on your own goals, you miss the opportunity to work with others for greater creativity and achievement. With an outward mindset, however, we can, we can see others as people who matter as we do. We account for their needs, challenges, and objectives. Our focus shifts to collective results. So here are four ways that outward mindset can improve your life at work and in your relationships. The first way is it helps you to become less conflict prone and more solution focused. So prolonged unresolved conflict consumes energy both, both physically and emotionally. It undermines relationships even if there is a peaceful truce. Instead of living in a fear-based mentality that believes that you always have to be right and everyone is a rival, you can have a spirit of cooperation and assume goodwill. The second way is that it helps us to see difficult conversations in a new light. So rather than seeking out who can be right, conversations become about how to reconcile differences, create win-win solutions, and work for the mutual good of all. Conversations seek ways to maximize everyone's talents and focus on creative solutions to best meet the needs and desires of everyone involved. The third thing helps us to become more aware of reality rather than being reactive. So an inward mindset leads us to think only about the impact the situation is having on you. The impact you are having on others goes unnoticed. An outward mindset causes you to not think about or be aware of how you affect others. Changing this is going to lead to increased cooperation with others. And the last thing is having an outward mindset can help us to increase creativity. So an outward mindset is the belief that there is enough to go around. We cannot get everything we want all the time, but we can work towards solutions, take into account what everyone needs. This dramatically improves relationships, increases performance, sparks collaboration, and accelerates creativity. Yeah, I think with us being as others-minded as we have to be, to take care of patients all day and to take care of our team. This is one of those things, like you said, this isn't commonly talked about, you know, this inward versus outward, but it's really interesting. Um, and I think it really is crucial for us to do an assessment on that and kind of figure out where we fall in that range. Because if we're going to take care of others well, we to be able to be outward focused. I'm going to switch to our last segment of mindset, which is prevention versus promotion. Um, this has more to do with how we approach reaching our goals. And it's one of those, are we playing it safe or are we putting ourselves out there? 
A promotion mindset is how much your goals are oriented around trying new things, advancing your values, and working outside your comfort zone. A prevention mindset is how your goals are oriented around meeting your responsibilities while taking as few risks as possible. So some examples of promotion mindset are, I see my goals as an opportunity to gain something. My focus is on playing to win. I frequently and confidently take chances to achieve my goals because I plan for the best case scenario. Some might call me an optimist. I experience more errors because I take more risks and I'm not afraid of making mistakes. I'm often unprepared with a plan B if something goes wrong. The worst things when achieving my goals are an opportunity not taken, an unearned reward or the missed chance to advance. I thrive on positive feedback and lose steam without it. Um, conversely, a prevention mindset says, I see my goals as a responsibility and my priority is to stay safe. My focus is on playing not to lose. I stick to what I know because I plan for the worst case scenario. Some might call me a pessimist. I work slowly and deliberately to reduce errors. I have strong analytical and problem-solving skills. The worst thing with achieving my goals is making mistakes. I am uncomfortable with praise or optimism about the job I have done. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't address what I call the preventative versus reactive mindset. And this is specifically when it comes to dental hygiene. Consider our COVID protocols. When we were put on sidelines because what we do is considered preventative, and insurance considers what we do preventative, but we know the reality of our current stats when it comes to disease in this country. And sadly, most of us are practicing out of reactivity. We are reacting to active disease and infection. And I would say, handedly, that's probably 80% of the patients we're seeing, if we're being honest, where we are all reacting versus true prevention. So my hope and dream is that we will one day truly be preventative providers, but I think it's important to make the distinction when it comes to our mindset. And I say that because if we think that just scraping some calculus off the pace are going to save the day, we know we are sadly mistaken. We have to do more and be more and step into the role of healthcare so, you know, and that being said, in the, in the prevention versus reaction mindset, we can't be afraid to try something different. There's a lot of different technologies out there. There's a lot of new products coming to market. We can't be stuck in our, of, I don't know that I'm not comfortable with that. I haven't tried that. Um, we have to be willing to get out of that comfort zone and take a risk and be willing to fail. Um, in order to succeed. And I'm feeling that right now in my own practice, you know, as I'm looking at a lot of post-testing, I'm learning and realizing, oh, you know what, what I did the first time didn't work. We got to try something different and not mm -hmm. being afraid to say that and not being afraid to walk through the through the journey with the patient towards that. You know, it's not just a one and done. And, you know, we tried that therapy. Okay, we're done. It didn't work. It's being willing to be wrong and fail. And I think, you know, when we're dealing with such a multifactorial issue of patient care and post-response and, you know, immune system and lifestyle factors and bacteria and virus and molds, we have, we're up against it. So yeah. we're not willing to fail. 
Yeah. And even if there weren't so many variables, I mean, it's still just anytime we are learning something new, like, I don't know, it was, it, it's sometimes really difficult for me to wrap my head around being with sucking at something at first, yeah. you know, something that seems simple to other people. That's like a really, that can be a really tough thing for me, but it's also been like when I'm able to step out of that feeling or belief that like, it means something about me if I'm not good at something like those are the times when I have absolutely experienced the most growth in my life, you know, including us getting on stage for Bulletproof, you know, yeah. like, I think that was out of both of our comfort zones. Yeah. I'm definitely not a comfortable public speaker, you know, and there were some bumps in the road for sure, but it's been a great experience. It's been an incredible growth experience. Yeah. Well, we don't grow if we just do the same thing over and over and over. And that's what's in our comfort zone, right? So it's being, being comfortable and getting uncomfortable, I think, to really grow and find more passion and more excitement. 100%. Yeah. So at this point, we may be realizing we have some work to do on the mindset front. Where do we even start? Addressing this can be hard. Um, and again, like I said, like we've said, this is a lot of this is coming and stemming from child experiences, from lifelong beliefs and attitudes. So don't think that these things are just going to change overnight. But, you know, I know Brittany talked about some ways to kind of, you know, shift your growth versus fixed mindset. Um, but I want to just, as we think about all of these different mindsets as a whole, I want to talk about some things we can do, some steps we can take to start making these shifts. Yeah. And the first step I would say is awareness. So listening to your gut, asking those closest to you, you know, ask yourself what's holding you back. Um, another thing is, you know, we can make a list of qualities we'd like to change or that aren't serving us negative things that we believe about ourselves or others. And once you've compiled your list, we can, you, you, I, all of us can do this, can sit back and ask yourself if these beliefs or attitudes are true and how can we change their meaning? So for example, if my belief is that all people are selfish and only out for themselves, is that actually true? No, there are a lot of selfish people out there, but there are also a lot of people out there who truly care about others and give of themselves to help. Just processing that truth allows me to see the world in a different, more positive light and gives others the benefit of the doubt. So do a deep dive on some of your automatic negative thoughts, your ants, and see you can shift or turn around to, to help you come at it from a different and more positive or healthy perspective. And in my experience, you know, whenever, whenever I do things like this, it's helpful to look at specific examples um, and to see things on a spectrum, because I don't want to just say, you know, there's a lot of selfish people out there. Like there are people I think who are more self-oriented who may have that inward mindset, but I think we can all, we all have the potential to be selfish and all have the potential to be like more others focused and selfless and kind of, you know, giving. So I think it's okay to say like this person in this situation, in my opinion, acted more selfishly, but you know what, in this other situation, they, they really helped me out and they really went above and beyond to make sure that my life was okay. And they checked on me like, or, you know, think of times when, um, you know, you were at a disadvantage. Like if my car breaks down and I'm on the side of the highway, someone stops to help me. That's a great example of like, oh, someone went out of their way to help me. So, so it's not, you know, if I have a belief that the universe is cold, people are unhelpful, they're unloving, they're not safe. I think of actual real life scenarios that counter that, that, that say otherwise, you know, it's actual evidence and proof in my life from my own experiences of times when that wasn't necessarily true. And at the same time, I think it's okay to acknowledge times when that was true, because it just, I think anytime we're just honest 
you know, about what our experience has been, it's helpful because if you think about it, these, these, um, kind of more negative, um, fear-based beliefs come from a, a place that's highly, highly favoring rigid negativity, right? So if we can get to a place where we're, we're not rigidly positive, either, it's just like, oh, this is the truth in the situation. It, it helps us to trust ourselves more in making these changes. It helps us to learn to discern in each situation and see each situation as a, as a situation with different potential where someone right. could their potential not. It's not as rigid and it kind of helps me to like trust more, like trust more in the process, trust more in others, trust more in the universe, whatever, you know, you think, but that's just, that's just helpful. It's a helpful come from for me. Yeah. Well, and I think the reality is for most of us, those negative things honestly stem from fear at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We're scared of getting hurt. We're scared, you know, something doesn't feel safe. Something does. And so fear, you know, fear is a liar and it holds us in all the wrong places. And at first that's a safety mechanism, right? That we put in place, but there's a lot of psychology around if we kind of think the same thought pattern over and over and over, it, be, it creates these kind of rigid, like you talked about rigid, it creates these kind of deep troughs in our brain and mm-hmm. it becomes very automatic. So what started out as a safety mechanism because of some fear over time and over the years now has become an automatic response to any of those triggers. Mm-hmm. But it's, it doesn't even allow us because it's so automatic. It doesn't even allow us to weigh what's actually true or right in that scenario because it's just become the norm. So yeah, I think it's, you know, giving yourself some grace that, hey, this probably started from a place of self-protection and, and fear, but you don't have to stay there. So it does take, like you said, gaining an awareness of what what are these thoughts that you're so, that are so automatic, you you can't even, you know, slow down to to process. So yeah, I think I think that's the first most important step. I think the second step is to accept that perfection is not obtainable. Hear me, hygienist, say this. Teresa, hear me say this. Perfection is not obtainable. We tend to carry around the idea of what things should be in our heads, but the truth is that no one around us are mind readers. And our own idea is just that. It's our own. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way or the only way. So we've got to stop criticizing things that don't align with our ideal, give grace and space, open ourselves to maybe realize our ideal isn't so ideal. We have to stop expecting things to go right or wrong and just let them unfold without the heavy expectations. And instead of just getting down on myself and saying, that's it, I'm done, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, can't do this anymore. I've got to step into it and say, you know, ideally I would like to have this magic bullet of this particular rinse or this particular probiotic or whatever that looks like. And I just drop it in the patient's mouth and it's all good. And we never have to have that conversation again. But the reality in hiking is we're never going to arrive. So we've got to let go of that perfectionism and accept what is and move forward in that and just keep taking steps. Yeah. And accept that we don't have all the control right? We just have all the control. We don't know all the answers. And that's just what it is to be in medicine in general, you know? Um, So another thing that's really helpful just in life in general for our happiness and for our contentment, um, but also regarding our mindset and our ability to take risks is it's, it's important that we stop comparing ourselves to others. 
always going to be people who are better looking, who are happier, who have more money, who are smarter, more talented. We can't be the best of the best. This is unrealistic for us to expect that, you know, we've got to be the best of the best. Um, Comparing ourselves instead of being negative can be supportive and gently push ourselves toward our goal. And this is really just empowering because it's another way to, to help us to see ourselves as a part of a community and to see our skills on a spectrum. And that helps us to be more willing to learn, to ask help, to not be so critical of ourselves. Because like, I don't, I don't have to be the best. And, and if I, I or you or anyone stops and asks ourselves, you know, what would the end result be? If I was the best of the best, what would that mean about me? Because sometimes I think we make it mean that we'd be more lovable, we'd have more friends, we'd be happier, but I guarantee that that's not the truth. I guarantee that's not the case. Like it's, they're the things that we think being the best will bring us, I think would just be empty. It might feel the same as we feel now. You know, it's about being able to have acceptance for who we are. Like anytime we can accept who we are, where we are, you know, what we actually bring to the world in a realistic view I think the happier we're going to be because self-acceptance is, is like a really important step in self-love, self-care, all of that. Stuff. It's going to bring us a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment in life. And I think that sometimes when we're so focused on being the best, we forget that that's actually what we want and we can have that now. Yeah. I like to said about comparing yourself to yourself, because here's the thing. When we compare ourselves to others, we're never going to be that other person, mm-hmm. right? that's not even obtainable. Like we might, there might be traits that we admire or, you know, talents that they have that we think are cool, but we're never going to be that other person. Mm-hmm. That's again, with that perfectionistic thing, like that's not a, that, that's not even what we truly, truly even want. So why would we do that? I think comparing ourselves to ourselves of, am I being my best self is I think where it's at, you know, am I the healthiest? Am I you know, growing? Am I, do I have the right mindset? You know, comparing yourself to yourself and am I growing? Am I moving forward? I think is where the magic happens. But I think the reality is we, we, we do compare ourselves to others a lot. And it's so dangerous because we, we don't truly want that. We don't want to be someone else. We don't want someone else's life. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I think it's just being very mindful of that. And it's a trap we fall easily. Um, I think the next step is accept the fact, and you, you said this earlier, Except the fact that you can't control other people. I mean, their thoughts, their words, their actions. So you got to let go of any anger and disappointment you've accumulated from people not acting the way you want or feel like you need them to. And obviously, it's, it's healthy to address issues you have with others. I'm not saying that. But at the end of the day, we all have the right to do what we think is best for ourselves. And the reality is we may not see eye to eye. That may be the end of, you know, we just, we don't agree on that. And that's okay because we're different. Um, this does not apply to a dangerous or unhealthy situation. Um, but I think we waste a lot of time and frustration feeling like we want to control what's happening. There's times when I know I'm behind in my schedule and the exam's going along and the doctor's talking and I'm like in my head going, oh my gosh, like, I can see the dominoes falling of what that's going to do the rest of the day. And I started to just take a deep breath and like unclench my fist and just say, it is what it is. And I can't change this. So how do I go forward? How do I, is there another room I can put that next patient in? Like I start thinking strategically instead of just sitting there and getting upset about it because mm-hmm. it's not going to serve me. I can't, I can't change. I can't control it. 
So what can I do to make the situation work? Right. Yeah. And and I love that immediate reflection. And probably that's something that you've practiced over a long time. It's like the situation, you've done everything in your power to change the situation. The situation isn't currently different. So how can I move forward as good as it can be in the current reality? I love that. So um, focusing on, you know, being positive, embrace gratitude, surround yourself with people in environments that lift you up and foster your growth. It's really helpful to keep a gratitude journal get out in nature, get active or creative or whatever brings you peace and joy, take a trip, see something new, find quotes that inspire you, read books that teach you, listen to podcasts that grow you and share what you love with others. Positivity breeds positivity. Look at your circle. Are they they feeding you or are they bleeding you? So your closest knit circle of people you talk to daily, monthly, the people you interact with the most, are they adding or subtracting to your life and your ability to evolve and grow? It's an important question to ask because no, you know, no one has control over us, but they have influence, right? If we allow them to have influence and proximity is some influence, we've got to admit that. So not control, but influence is a real, it's a real thing. We have influence on those around us too. Yeah. And and we're, like you said, positivity breeds positivity if we think negative things over and over and over, and that just becomes automatic for us, positivity works the same way. So if we'll focus on getting positive and staying there and repetitive, getting repetitive with that, we'll see a big shift. I I've seen that in my own life. Um, I do uh, self-talk about what my day is going to look like and how it's going to go and how I'm going to manage it. And those are the days that I feel really empowered and go well. And even if things fail and, and don't go great, I still have such a positive mentality about it that it's like, okay, great, let's keep moving. So I think shifting our mindset involves intention and willingness for sure. Um, change can be hard and uncomfortable but so beautiful when it aligns with our purpose and vision. And I wanted to, um, obviously, we want to empower all of you as listeners to just take some time to sit down and think about these different aspects of mindsets and where you fall on that. And if there's room for growth or if there's a desire to make a change, um, come share that with us on our Mighty Networks. That is what this community is for, is for us to say, hey, this is where I'm at. How did you get there? Or this is where I'm at. Let me tell you where I was. I think it's so important to, again, positivity breeds positivity. So come, if you haven't yet, join us on our Mighty Network. Um, it's a free app that you download, search Bulletproof Hygiene, free to join, and come bring some positivity so that we can grow and all be better. And I wanted to wrap up today with a quote that I found. Um, John Gordon, he's the author of The Energy Bus. And I just wanted to leave us with this this week. Just show up and do the work. If they praise you, show up and do the work. If they criticize you, show up and do the work. If no one even notices you, just show up and do the work. Keep showing up, doing the work, and leading the way. We got this Bulletproof Hygienist. Here's to a fabulous mindset and a fabulous week, and we will see you all next time. Cheers to that. Thanks for being here, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you. 